Good Friday morning, and thank you very much for joining us today. We started the day off talking with SDF President Samantha Beacott and really focusing a lot of the conversation around the release that they did this week when they talked about violence in the classroom. And I don't know if you follow, they had four teachers and they just gave four different scenarios. And they were different scenarios, different schools throughout the province. But there was some extreme examples they gave about violence. And violence that is happening in a classroom with your child. Might not be happening to your child, but it's happening in a classroom or a school where your child goes. Teachers are having noses broke. One teacher who is retired comes back to do some subbing, confronts two boys about running in the hallway, gets basically piled on and attacked, has his jaw broken, and to this day, it's been like a year, he's having trouble eating, he talks with a bit of a lisp, like he's going through some serious issues. This is a retired teacher. In another case, it's a female teacher, I think she was in her first year of teaching, broken nose, black eyes, at the hands of a, I think it was a grade seven student. And so, like, I, you know, I am so, this has me so frustrated. And I am drawing some differences between a youngster who maybe has some some complex needs. Uh, there could even be a diagnosis. I talked about an autistic child. For example, friends of, of ours have an autistic son who absolutely, he he needs that regular support. There's no doubt about it. But he's not breaking jaws. Right. He might be, he might be acting out a little bit. He might be, you know, a little louder than he should be. There's, there's a few ways where there may be some disruption there. And they, the parents are well aware of it. The parents are working as best they can after 3.30 and before 9 a.m. It falls on the lap of the parents, their responsibility. And they are working. They have supports. They, there's all kinds of things that they're doing. But these kids that are doing things that constitute criminal offenses against teachers or anyone within a school, I think there needs to be serious consequences to it. I'm sorry. I, I am I'm really having a tough time with this. And so we're opening up the phone. I'd love to know what you feel is the solution for the escalating violence that we're hearing about and we're seeing in the schools. I'm going to start with Jack in Lumsden. Jack, who... You and I have talked a few times before. I know you're a retired school teacher, so thanks so much for calling in. What's your thought on this today? Well, I'm, I'm with you, Evan, on uh, the categories of uh, workplace safety, which is fundamental. There is no violence uh, perpetrated or condoned or, or ignored uh, for workplace safety in any workplace period, whether it's a school, whether it's a work site. The other piece is uh, criminal assault is criminal assault. There has to be consequences for that. Parents have to be pulled into the scenario in terms of recovery of whatever happened. And uh, so that has to be dealt with in a very, very strict protocol way, way by school boards and by schools, period. I, I'm with you on that one. If somebody's uh, yelling in the classroom, acting out, carrying on in terms of minor behavior disruptions, that's a totally different category than what, what those stories were, uh, were uh, talking about. The other piece is I think that violence in the classroom is a piece of the overall problem. It's the tip of the iceberg that, that we were focused on for those reports. In the last 10 years, and I have family, relatives, and friends who are teachers in elementary and secondary, 
And over the last 10 years, they took away the uh, educational assistance funding from the, from the classrooms for support for teachers. So you have secondary people in the classrooms to help with special needs students. They took away the funding from the local levels of the school board so they could do customized uh, things in their region that were necessary. And so this has happened over a period of time of attrition and now we're paying the price overall for this kind of management. This is mismanagement, and I really appreciate the STF bringing in New Brunswick, British Columbia, and Ontario to talk about how they built what they, they described as the language and workload, workload items and uh, everything into their agreements. These things are in place now. It's not news for uh, Saskatchewan. And when the SDF says a memo of understanding on funding for one year is not what we need. We need comprehensive, ongoing policy. Appreciate the call, Jack. Always appreciate your opinion on this great perspective. Let's go to Tom in Saskatoon. Tom, thanks for calling in. The question is, what do you feel is the solution for the escalating violence in our schools? Well, first up, I think uh, your previous caller was so well spoken on the topic, but I think the problem is also about uh, the amount of leniency that students and parents have been given regarding uh, hands-off regarding their kids. Uh, there just aren't enough uh, procedures, policies, whatever you want to call it, routine uh, expectations around behavior for all students. And a lot of it is, you know, because we've lacked all this funding in the past, but uh, classrooms now, they find it very difficult getting support that is meaningful from administration and from downtown. Whether it's financial, I don't know. But there's a big piece of this regarding uh, administration within a school that is not supporting uh, fair and reasonable consequences for misbehavior. Appreciate your thoughts on this, Tom. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. You know, the text line uh, is blowing up on this as well. Julian Battleford talks about classroom complexity. No matter what is in the contract, Julie says, it will collide with reality. And the case in point is that you, we heard Samantha Beacott today talk about occupational therapists need to be available. Julie says Living Sky School Division has been advertising for a occupational therapist all school year, and the job is yet to be filled. So maybe it's hard to fill the positions. Maybe it's a maybe it's a budget problem. But you know, I'm I'm coming back to the the point that I made with Samantha Beacott this morning is, you know, can we spend the money as a province to take care of the support and needs of the kids between nine and three thirty? and expect it's going to solve the problem in the absence of, you know, in some cases, a lack of support and a whole bunch of other social challenges that are building up in their home life. What what We can't control what happens in their life outside of school hours. So can we buy our way to a solution through funding classroom complexity? And, and don't get me wrong, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to steer away. Classroom complexity is an issue. And it needs to be addressed. But where I'm going is on some of these violent attacks, I think we've got to change the way we look at it.
the way that's what I think. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Scott in Saskatoon, you got some thoughts on this? Yes, I do. Um, I would have to say, charge the parents. You need to, we need to find a way to hold parents accountable. Is that what you're saying? Yes, they did it in the states with the shootings. You're right, and they need to do it up here. You know the case that Scott's talking about, where parents knew their their child had some some challenges. They still bought their child a gun, made it accessible to him. Um, child is involved in an incident at the school. Parents convicted. Parents convicted because of the fact that they provided the gun to their stu- their son, who they knew had these problems. So Scott's talking about let's find a way to hold some parents accountable, which, you know, I feel like this is now an issue that is actually outside of the school. Probably still falls at the at the feet of the province, but again, I'm not sure we can fix this problem through the schools. I want to go to Natalie now in Regina. Thanks for calling in. What do you feel is the solution for this escalating violence that we're talking about in the schools, Natalie? Hi, Evan. Well, I actually, I am a teacher. There's quite a few things that are needed in the schools. One of them, I feel, starts with proper training. It starts with proper training of teachers. I teach young kids, and so I've been bitten. I've had to try and restrain them. I don't have the proper training to do safe holds on kids, stuff like that. If it's me in a classroom of five-year-olds and I have one child who is being violent, that's hard for me because I don't exactly know what to do. I think it's training for IAs who are might be in rooms of violent classrooms or work with kids who are inclusion students that can be violent. They basically get hired and it's, here you go, here's the job. They don't have specialized training in autism or other disabilities that the kids might have. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Regina has some schools um, that are specialized schools for kids that do have behavior problems. They need to open open them up more. They need more support for those. They need more of those classrooms because I'll tell you, teaching kindergarten, they're coming in weaker than ever, which in my experience, when they're weaker, that, and they have, let's say, cognitive struggles and stuff, I see those behaviors escalate because they can't do the work. So can I just go back to what you were just talking about a second ago are you are you suggesting that for some kids uh they need to have their needs addressed outside of a regular classroom there needs to be like in in some cases that is the right thing to do yes i'll give you an example i know that the catholic division has a school um called saint luke and so if we have students that cannot regulate in a proper classroom they can go there it's a long waiting list though to get in And then once they feel like they've learned proper behaviors, they can transition back into the classroom. Mm -hmm. We've had kids successfully transition back into the classrooms um, from going to St. Luke because they just need to learn those appropriate behaviors. Appreciate you weighing in on this, Natalie. I'm going to uh, take a quick break. Mel, I've got you on my list. You're the next caller. I hope you can hang on. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back and continue the discussion, what you feel is the solution for the escalating violence in our schools. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Well, good morning and thanks again for joining us. We're talking about violence in classrooms this morning. 
and what you feel the solution is for it. You've heard me go on my rant here a couple of times. Not everyone agrees, and Marshall in Saskatoon is one of the Marshall uh, texted in saying, Evan, you have totally missed the point. Putting them in jail won't help either. Being in policing, you should know that proper social supports in conjunction with the police are necessary in today's changing landscape. It's the same in teaching. So, you know, Marshall's point, I, I Marshall, you, you are absolutely right. And, and in policing, I can't even tell you the number of times where we talked about breakdowns in some sort of social challenged area can often manifest itself to criminal behavior. You're 100% right, and and I stood in front of microphones regularly and advocated for more social supports. And I think that that continues to be an important part of the education system. So I, I think you and I are actually quite aligned on this. What I'm saying is these violent students, like there are some bad people in the world. There are bad people that do bad things that make bad decisions. And I feel like we can't always make an excuse for them, right? A kid who acts up and talks back in the classroom, you know, is is to me a lot different than a grade seven student who breaks the jaw or breaks a nose of a young first year female teacher. Could you even imagine why I used this example yesterday, walking down the hallway and throwing a shoulder into a teacher as you walk by just to rattle them a bit and send them a message? Like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't get it. Now, Lots of people are saying, you know, that we can't pass the buck on responsibility when it comes to something that probably needs to be addressed outside of the school system. Lots of people are saying this isn't a problem that we're going to solve by sinking a whole bunch of money into the schools. Sinking money into the schools. Education is underfunded. There's no doubt about it. We're hearing it time and time again, and we need to find a way to do better. It solves a lot of the problems, but on this narrow issue about the violence in the schools, I'm I'm not sure that it is going to help. All right, I think I got time for a couple more quick calls here. I'm going to go to Tony, who's just called in. What's your thought here, Tony, with uh, the escalating violence in the schools? Okay, uh, escalating violence in the schools. The, the kids are going around beating up the teachers. These children need to be uh, reprimanded properly, justice wise. Uh, what they're doing is, if they're getting away with it, they're creating followings, which create gangs, followings, clans, cults, whatever. We've just had uh, two children charged with manslaughter up in Saskatoon that beat a 12-year-old child to death. Yeah. When is this stuff going to end? And the teachers have no control over this. And, yeah. uh, you know, if a, if a kid goes down the hall, beats the snot out of a teacher, well, then right away he's got followings, right? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you're, you are absolutely understanding how culture can develop for sure. And, and the, the lack of consequences and, and stiff consequences in these severe and serious situations, sadly, can, can breed more and, and more serious problems. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're, uh, we're probably only a couple of minutes left here, but I'm I'm going to maybe go to Dale next. Uh, Dale, thanks so much for calling in. You, you think this actually starts back at home? There is no question in my mind about that. If you don't have respect at home, then you're not going to have respect for anybody that you see, be it police force or anybody else. It's it's a respect thing, and it, that is the only can be taught at home 
one 8255 Let's bounce to Mel now in Saskatoon. Mel, thanks for hanging on. Uh, what's your thought here with all the violence in the classrooms? Well, I, I, excuse me. The only, I think there's only one way to settle this, and that's just bring back the strap. Well, I, I think, I mean, we're, 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 we're maybe beyond that if for a couple of reasons. I mean, number one, I, I, I don't think, uh, teachers are going to go for and want to be involved in any sort of, uh, you know, corporal punishment. And, and, you know, I mean, as society, I think we've evolved in that, uh, there needs to be consequences. Don't get me wrong. I think there needs to be consequences. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't think that that's where anybody is going to agree to go. But, you know, the point about there needs to be consequences, it starts at home, and if it's not there at home, then the supports need to be provided in a way that deal with the hours after 3.30 and before 9 o'clock instead of maybe trying to solve some of these really wicked problems in the course of uh, of a uh, you know school day. All right, I think i got time for one more. I'm going to go to Daryl in North Battleford. Uh, what do you feel is the solution for escalating violence in our schools, Daryl? Well, escalating violence in school as well as in society in general and the gang problem, eliminate the uh, Young Offenders Act and bring back accountability right back to the age of, I don't care, 10 years old, 12 years old, whatever you want to pick. Um, the Young Offenders Act has been a terrible disservice to, to our society. Well, there's lots of different opinions, and uh, the text line, too, has been blowing up with uh, people Sharing their thoughts. All right, we're we're going to have to move on from this topic, but I do want to mention the uh, Saskatchewan Teachers Federation just posted on its website that starting on Monday for one full day, Saskatchewan teachers will withdraw all extracurricular activities for the day, province-wide. Sports, drama, music, band, science club, intramurals, rehearsals, student leadership activities, graduation celebration planning, book fairs, anything pulled for one day, and they're going to do one day of rotating lunch hour supervision being pulled. The five school divisions that are affected are on the STF website just posted moments ago. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.